Alliance talks are still at a deadlock between the KMT and Taiwan People's Party. The two sides seek to broker a joint presidential ticket, but they can't decide how to choose the presidential candidate. The KMT's camp proposes holding an open primary next month. Meanwhile, the TPP wants to decide using opinion polls. Each side is accusing the other of attempting to manipulate the outcome. The blue and white camps were to convene against Tuesday to discuss their potential alliance, but the meeting fell through over disagreements on how to pick the presidential candidate. The KMT insists on a primary, while the TPP wants to conduct opinion polls. The KMT has proposed an open primary with polling stations at each of Taiwan's 73 legislative constituencies. Voters must provide their real name, pass an ID check, and sign a statement saying they support forming an alliance to oust the DP. The primary would be held on November 4th and 5th. Candidates would not be allowed to provide transport for voters, and software would be used to prevent foul play. Meanwhile, the TPP has made two proposals for phone polling. One proposal adopts the format used by the KMT and DPP in the 2020 presidential election. Five polling organizations would be commissioned to provide 3,000 samples each for a total of 15,000 samples. Half the samples would be collected from mobile phones and the other half from landlines. The dates and organizations involved would not be announced beforehand to prevent tampering. The KMT's Jing Putong and TPP's Huang Shanshan pointed out the flaws in each other's proposals. Collecting mobile phone surveys could result in a massive bias. The TPP gave us two options to choose from. One of them was to exclusively use mobile phone polling. Could that be because they want to take advantage of biased polling to put themselves in the lead? Why don't you want to use your primary procedures? Why didn't you use those procedures to hold a primary between Terry Go and Ho Yo But now that it's a cross-party venture, you want to use that method. And on top of that, to organize it within very little time. If you had proposed this method half a year ago, we would have said yes. The two sides say that each method would produce a different result, and neither side wants to give in. We'd like to thank Mr. Jin for attempting to do the impossible. It's truly been a lot of hard work. The problem is the difficulty of his proposal is greater than we had imagined and is beyond our abilities. Yesterday, we emphasized that we need to reach a compromise, but I think the TPP has no intention of compromising at all. I find that really disappointing. The KMT said a solution did not have to be reached just yet, but with no end to the deadlock in sight, it's unclear if a solution will ever be reached. A renowned human rights activist reveals that during his 2010 visit to Taiwan under the Ma administration, he was cautioned against criticizing China. Speaking at the Legislative Yuan, Human Rights Foundation founder Thor Halverson claimed that Ma's foreign ministry explicitly told him not to be critical of Beijing during a conference speech. The Ma Angel Foundation denies the allegation, but lawmakers want more clarity on what really happened. Human Rights Foundation founder Thor Halverson is on his fifth visit to Taiwan. When meeting Speaker Yoshi Kun on Monday, he disclosed that in 2010, the Ma administration urged him not to criticize China during his first speech in Taiwan. I was invited to give a speech at a conference, and President Ma was at a conference. And I was asked before the conference to please not criticize China in my remarks. Of course, when I heard this being told to me by a member of the foreign ministry, I immediately went back to my hotel and I changed my speech. 
And I added so much more about China. When Halverson blasted Beijing anyway for its human rights record, he became a persona non grata. Five minutes into it, he got up and he walked out. And suddenly, all the people who were with him got up and they all walked out. When uh, I finished my speech and I, I went to leave, the driver said, um, I have been reassigned, uh, but you can get a taxi. I don't know what hotel. It's like you've been checked out and your luggage is here. I hope that former President Ma hears what Halverson is saying here and provides a full explanation. That is the only way to show that Taiwan is a country with freedom of speech. Ma could come forward and explain. Could it all be Halverson's misperception that something inappropriate occurred and that Taiwan is not democratic or free? Or did Ma exert some sort of pressure? I think that Ma needs to face up to this honestly. Lawmakers Freddie Lim and Fan Yun, after hearing Halverson share his experience, called on Ma to provide clarity. I feel that this incident reflects the shame-induced rage that Ma harbors. When the guest could not be controlled, Ma treated him impolitely. He should apologize for damaging Taiwan's democratic image. Halverson clearly stated that it was a member of the foreign ministry who said that to him, and everyone knows that the president always leaves after he finishes a speech. This is a case of distorting the truth and confusing right and wrong. I think that Fan Yun is the one doing damage to democracy. As early as 2010, Halverson had written online about that year's visit. He accused the Ma administration of forsaking human rights because of a narrow real politique. Amid the escalating Israel-Palestine war, Taiwan's foreign ministry says it's assisted 156 nationals in returning home. But another 147 Taiwan nationals have chosen not to leave, deeming the situation safe enough to stay in. We hear from the foreign minister. We have already facilitated the return of 156 Taiwanese from Israel using both air and land routes. With our assistance, 156 Taiwanese safely left Israel. A representative office remains in close contact with every Taiwan national. Wu said that another 147 nationals have decided to stay. But he said Taiwan's office in Israel was in contact with all Taiwan citizens and was ready to help whenever necessary. The foreign ministry has raised its travel advisory for Israel to Orange, which urges against non-essential travel. Defense Minister Chou Guozhen is addressing concerns on the public's mind. Facing reporters on Tuesday, he denied rumors that conscripts will be sent to the front lines of a cross-strait war. Only those who want to fight and who pass rigorous evaluations will be placed in a combat position, he said. The defense chief also took questions on drone budgeting delays and the quality of education at military academies. Let's hear from him. The drone national team was formed to build drones for military and commercial use. The military planned to buy five types of drones from the team, but the budget for four of them failed to obtain approval by the May deadline. Their procurement must now wait until next year. We drew up the budget according to the regulations, but there were departments that, during the review process, pushed their final decision past May. We submitted every case within its specified timeline. As for what these timelines look like, I can't allow 
elaborate. Of course, there are procedures to follow when building our forces and preparing for combat. This is especially the case with building our forces. It's not like we can just think up a plan today and execute. The defense minister emphasized that all procurement was being handled in line with regulations. He was also questioned about conscription, which will return to a one-year period next year. Reports claim that amid a manpower shortage, the conscripts would be sent into combat in the event of war. Chiu Guozheng denied the rumors. Since the beginning, our rule has been that Taiwan's main combat forces will be composed of volunteer soldiers. Conscripts that undergo one year of military service will, in principle, be part of the defensive force. If conscripts wish to be placed in combat roles, they would have to pass an evaluation first. It is all voluntary. Some conscripts want to fight, and we respect that desire. They need the necessary expertise and must pass an evaluation. Only then can they be assigned to the unit they wish to join. The minister also addressed the high dropout rate of military academies amid calls for his ministry to review and make improvements. We can't just blame it on Taiwan's declining birth rate. We must find ways to improve education and training and even get involved in their lives. But don't think that being strict will put people off. That won't happen. Being strict doesn't mean we'll be scolding people and shouting at them. It's about insisting on maintaining standards. Military academies have a huge responsibility from admission to graduation. The minister pledged to address the issues in the educational system in order to ease the talent gap in the armed forces. TSMC has dropped plans to build a chip factory in Taoyuan's Longtan Science Park. The decision comes amid strong local opposition to the park's third phase of expansion. It cannot be denied that land acquisition has been the greatest challenge encountered in the park's development. Despite the announcement TSMC made today, the Taoyuan city government will continue to cooperate with the Xinju Science Park administration. We will absolutely provide our full cooperation to TSMC as it looks for suitable land and manages its water and electricity needs. TSMC has made clear that it will keep its advanced processes in Taiwan. TSMC had planned to set up a one nanometer chip production facility at the park, but with the chipmaker abandoning long time, attention is turning to where it will go next. Have you ever built a soapbox car? The Soraya Go Cree Car is a soapbox car competition that invites contestants to build their own motorless cars and race them at the Zoma Lai Farm in Tainan. The 10th Soraya Go Cree Car will be held on November 26. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. Contestants start at the top of a ramp. Along the 400-meter-long racetrack, they overcome a series of challenges. This year's Soraya Go Cree car is slated for November 26. To mark the race's 10th anniversary, contestants are asked to design a motorless car that is inspired by people, events, or things in the past 10 years or the next 10 years. In addition, a special birthday cake car will join the race. It was actually not easy to make such a big cake. We went about it by referencing a picture. The difficult part was carving the big cake. It wasn't easy to do in one go. We also designed a mechanism that lets the cake spray out ribbons. This was also a challenge. The car has a lot of mechanisms and settings, and it wasn't easy to build them. Five judges will assess the teams and a range of criteria. 70% of the score will be based on creativity. 
Aside from the race, organizers have also planned performances. There is a series of discounts for travel around the area. The weather in Siraya is very nice in November. We have launched a series of discounted activities for two-day tours, such as visiting the Guanzaling Hot Springs and eating mangoes at Yujing, etc. We have a lot of discounts on accommodation, meals and souvenirs. For the next 10 years, we hope to internationalise and work hard to become the number one brand in Asia. This year, for the first time, there are automobile manufacturers from Eswatini and South Korea. They have also signed up to form teams. The total price money is 450,000 NT. For the first time, contestants from Eswatini and South Korea have also signed up. The race will be held at the Zoma Life Farm on November 26. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Yang Kai in Taipei. Kumamoto Prefecture, the Japanese base of TSMC, has been ranked the third happiest prefecture in the country. Number one on the list was Okinawa, followed by Kogashima. Kumamoto placed third, skyrocketing from number 35 in 2022. Japanese media credit the rise to TSMC's wafer project in the region. The survey was conducted online between late June and early July by the Brand Research Institute, a Tokyo-based private research firm. The survey also ranked destinations based on their perceived attractiveness, which indicates tourist interest. Hokkaido ranked first, edging out Kyoto and Okinawa. Tokyo came in at number four. According to Taiwanese travel agencies, Tokyo and Osaka are Taiwan's favorite tourist destinations, although the popularity of Hokkaido is on the rise. Eva Air is taking in-flight service to new poetic heights. Starting this month, business class passengers have been welcomed with verses on a card signed by their flight attendant. The gesture is intended as a heartwarming greeting. But it also caused misunderstandings, with some passengers believing that crew members are romantically interested. A flight attendant's union is protesting the new policy, urging crews to fight for their dignity and refuse to sign the inappropriate cars. A flight attendant rushes along the aisle. Besides their usual duties on long-haul flights, there's now an extra task, presenting business-class passengers with poetry. There are three different poems printed on cards. In particular, the blue card has stirred up controversy. The poem starts off with an invitation. Let's meet on a day when there are no clouds in the sky. It then goes, the mental file where I keep my impressions of you is out of date. It needs updating. What I must get is your most recent picture. Flight attendants are required to sign the card at the bottom before handing it to a passenger. But the seemingly suggestive message, accompanied by the required signature, has caused discomfort for some flight attendants. Most times, passengers use the cards to hold toothpicks, or the cards are just left on the floor after landing. They don't really care for the gesture. Forcing us to sign the cards makes us uncomfortable, as it can give rise to awkward situations. Already, we've heard that a passenger wrote their own Instagram account on the back of the card and then went up to a crew member to ask if they'd want to hang out together after work. I think the flirty tone is not really appropriate on things like this. I think something that would be more appropriate is something like, I hope you've had a pleasant journey. I don't think it's misleading. After all, it's a printed card. It's not handwritten. It's just a way to welcome the passenger. I wouldn't think it'd mean anything more than that. Opinion on the cards is divided. 
the poet that EVA Air commissioned Lin Wan Yu took to social media to explain her poem, saying it was about anticipating a reunion. She said that she wouldn't comment on every question surrounding the work, and expressed hope that her collaboration with the airline would bring positive energy. It's not just this poem that people think is flirty. I think that none of the other poems are appropriate to give out, whether the recipient is male or female. I hope the company ends this policy. EVA Air said flight attendants can pick whichever card they choose to give to passengers, adding that the gesture was well received. But the flight attendants union has launched a protest, urging members to refuse to sign the cards and demand the dignity they deserve. It's that time of year again when airlines release their collectible desktop calendars. China Airlines has become the first to unveil its 2024 edition, featuring animals as tour guides. For the third year in a row, China Airlines collaborated with illustrator Kyo Chen. Each month features char charismatic hand-drawn animals set against the backdrop of a stunning travel destination. Sticking to tradition, the airline won't be selling the calendars. 100,000 copies will be given away to China Airlines Elite Plus group members and commercial, commercial partners. A new book gathers the experiences and insights of the COVID-19 pandemic from medical personnel and officials across Taipei. Experts from different fields have contributed essays to the wide-ranging anthology. The Taipei Pandemic Record will be published by Taipei Medical Association as a resource and public record. Available free on demand and in digital formats. The book comes as Taipei's Department of Health suggests that 40% of the capital's population have caught the virus. The total number of people who've been infected with COVID-19 is about 1.02 or 1.03 million. That's almost 40% of the population of Taipei City. After four waves of COVID-19, the government announced that Taiwan would go back toward normal life. Now, Taipei Medical Association says it will publish a record of Taipei in the pandemic to preserve the invaluable experiences and learnings of the period. I think this will be an excellent reference, recording cooperation between government and private entities, as well as a prime example of primary care medicine and hospitals working with the Ministry of Health and Welfare. Knowledge about these risks can help us manage risk better in the future. When we meet various risks, we can use mechanisms that combine public and private agents to protect the safety of our lives and assets and achieve a better guarantee. The anthology aims to record more than 1,000 days of assiduous efforts to curb the pandemic. It will traverse community rapid testing schemes and public welfare care, community medical groups and nationwide vaccinations. It will contain 71 essays, a total of about 250,000 characters. This knowledge has been collectively assembled by the whole of Taipei City government, as well as medical personnel from all across Taipei. So we will make it free on demand and available to download. Gathering essays is hard work, of course, but not as hard as the work of our colleagues in medical settings over the last three years. The book brings together medical expertise, concern for our humanity, and social responsibility, as well as an unshirkable sense of duty toward our development as a nation. During the three or four years of the pandemic, Taipei Medical Association convened more than 80 pandemic meetings, which are faithfully recorded in the book. The association hopes to support the development of disease prevention infrastructure and provide an important study tool for young medical practitioners. In Taiwan, breast cancer ranks first among cancers for women. 
Over the years, the age at time of diagnosis has only gotten lower. To mark Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October, the Taiwan Young Patient Association released a promotional video that encouraged women to get mammograms. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. For women in Taiwan, breast cancer has been the most common cancer for the past 18 consecutive years. According to the Ministry of Health and Welfare, breast cancer patients have only gotten younger over the years. Taking HR-positive and HER2-negative patients as an example, the prevalent age group has been getting younger. However, there are diverse treatment options, such as targeted oral drugs, which can help patients stabilize and control the disease. They can prolong the patient's life while also taking into account the quality of life. Even if recurrence and metastasis occur, do not be discouraged. To mark Breast Cancer Awareness Month, the Taiwan Young Patient Association released a video to encourage women to get screened regularly so that they can seek early intervention. Thanks to advancements in molecular medicine, there are now individualized treatments for different cancer types. Breast cancer is no longer a death sentence. You're not alone in seeking breast cancer treatment. Today's detection technology and treatment have become more precise. Patients can find suitable treatment methods using genetic testing. We encourage patients not to miss the golden period of treatment out of fear. The Health Promotion Administration provides free mammograms every two years for all women aged 45 to 69. Those aged 40 to 44 with a family history of breast cancer can also get a free mammogram. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Yang Kai in Taipei.